Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Um, today, we are going to look at, uh, we're going to start Matthew chapter 24, and I'm going to break this down into a about two or three lessons, um, uh, sermons. Um, today, we'll start with chapter 24, verses 1 through 8, chapter 24, verses 1 through 8. Before we begin, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I thank you once again for this day that you have given us, Father. I pray you continue to guide and be with each and every one of us. pray you continue to guide and be with uh, the listener, Lord, be with them, Lord, and the things they may be going through, Lord. And I pray your hand be upon them. Guide and lead them, guide and be with them, Lord. And I pray that you be with your word this day. Open our eyes and our mind to your word, Lord, that we would have an understanding of what is being said and what is taking place in your word. Guide us and lead us, guide us and be with us, Lord, that your spirit would dwell with dwell within each and every one of us, Lord. I ask all these things in your Son, Jesus Christ's name I pray. Lord, let it be. Amen. All right, so we're going to look at chapter 24. Today we are going to look at uh, verses 1 through 8. Verses 1 through 8. And this is Jesus and his disciples. And we'll pick this, the, this section up on verse 1. And it reads, Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. Do you see all these things? He asked. I tell you the truth. None, not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came up to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Christ, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginnings of birth pains. Amen. So as we look here into our scripture, um, we see that Jesus is asked a question. And from this question, we get this whole chapter uh, 24 and into 25. When we drive down the road or we're going down the road, we run into many signs that let us know about the road we are traveling on. We are told about what highway or what freeway we are on. We're either on I-17 or I-10 or the Highway 95 or whatever it may be. We're alerted to what road we're on. We are told if there are dangers, there are caution signs. Uh, uh, you need to go around this turn at 25 or 35 miles an hour. Or there's a dip ahead or there's some construction ahead. So you're, you're given uh, dangers on the road, given cautions. And uh, we even drove, told how fast to drive, whether it's 35 or 55 or 75, whatever it is. We're, we're given a, a speed limit to drive. And there are many postings along as we go down the highways that we, we drive on. That these signs give us an understanding of, of what's to come or what's around the corner or what's ahead of us. And Jesus here is telling his disciples about what is to come. What is 
what's going to happen. And he's giving them, telling him these signs that will appear, these things that will happen and giving them advance warning as to what will take place. And so for us here in verses one and three, uh, Jesus here is, is talking about a certain situation here. And it is about the fall of Jerusalem. And we must understand the point of view of the disciples when they came into the city of Jerusalem. Um, we must understand that these were just uh, country boys. They were out in the, in, the, in the country. They were fishermen. They were not city boys. They were not from Jerusalem. And they came into Jerusalem and they saw the temple and they were in awe of this building. They were in awe of such a magnificent building. And they, they were looking at, looking at it and their jaws were probably dropped open as they were going by. And, and they thought these were just marvelous buildings. They were in awe and they were amazed that man could create or build such buildings. But Jesus, on the other hand, didn't share in their enthusiasm. He didn't share in their awe. He didn't share in their wonder of such things. He he looked at them in a totally different manner. And so the, the, the building in question that they were talking about was, uh, as a book as the book of Mark says, was the temple. They were in awe of the temple, of its great, you know, uh, stones that it had. And, and it is said that some of the, the stones were as, were 12 by 20 by 40 feet long. And so 12 feet wide, 20 feet deep and 40 feet long, or however, however long those dimensions are, length, width and height, you know. And so, uh, these were amazing marble stones that were set in place in the temple and they were laid one on top of the other and they were inlaid with gold and it was one of the greatest structures or the grandest structures in Jerusalem. And to think a building like this would someday come to fall would be a somewhat of a ridiculous notion in, in the eyes of these uh, disciples because Think about it. They see these great structures and they're thinking, no way that's going to fall. No way this, this building is ever going to uh, come down. And again, Jesus does not share in the awe of, of this disciples and, and said to, said to the disciples, take a, take a good look at these buildings that, that we're walking by. Because one day in the future, all the buildings that you see will be torn down. Not one stone will be left on top of the other. Now, the disciples took that, that response, and it stayed with them for a while. It stayed with them, and they didn't know what to do, and they didn't know how to understand it fully. Um, because those structures seemed like they were indestructible. There was no possible way that these buildings would topple over. And the second thing that we want to look at is, uh, why would these buildings be toppled over? And so as they left the city, they, they had these burning questions in their head. They had these questions on their mind about what Jesus' comments were. And it began to kind of gnaw at them, began to kind of bother at them. And so they, they were outside the city. They had left the city and walked outside the city walls. And, and they were on this place called the Mount of Olives. And it looks down on the city of Jerusalem. And the disciples and Jesus were sitting there. And the, and the disciples had some pressing questions that they had. And they wanted to ask Jesus so they get up enough courage. And they go to him and they ask him these questions. The question is, when will this happen? Happen, meaning the toppling of the buildings. 
What will be the signs and when will the end of the age be? And so as we look at here, Jesus responds to their question, questions here. And in verse 8, 4 through 8, we see the, the birth pains. Jesus begins his answer with a caution about the deception of others and how even the elect could fall to their these deceivers. As believers in Christ, we need to be on guard all the time against those that claim to be of Christ and even being Christ. If you stay in God's word and have the relationship with him, you will know a fraud when you see or hear it. In John chapter 10, verses 27 and 28, it says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. When you are one with the Lord, when you have that relationship with the Lord, when you are in step with the Spirit, you understand who your uh, Lord is. You understand who Jesus Christ is. You know his voice and you can distinctly hear it among all of those outside the church, all of those even within the church, because you know the Lord's voice and you you understand what it says and you understand how, it, how he talks and you understand uh, the phrases that come out of his mouth. And so as we look at this, we see that 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 the the deceive that there's a deceiver out there. Not just one, not just two. And he's not talking about the Antichrist here. He's talking about those that come and pretend to be one with him and even him, even Christ. But Jesus says, Don't believe it. Don't believe that. Test the spirit, as it says in John. Test the spirit and see if it is of God. Don't think that you can't be deceived. There are many brothers and sisters that have fallen by the wayside because they they were not standing guard of their lives and they were deceived into thinking they were doing the Lord's work when in fact they were pulled away from the Lord. Don't think that everything you do is because of God. Don't think that everything you do because, oh, God wants me to do this or God wants me to do that. The Lord has called me to do this. You better make sure that it's God's word that you're listening. That's God's voice you're listening. That's the Lord's voice you're listening to. Because many have gone out and said, this is what the Lord has, has called me to do. But yet in the end, they were just pulled away from Christ by a false perception of what they thought was the, the word of God or the voice of God. It was a false perception because they didn't understand. They didn't understand God's word. They weren't in a relationship with God. They weren't in step with the spirit and they didn't know the Lord's voice. And so when you know the Lord's voice and you know God's word, you are in step with the spirit and you know and you know for a fact what God is calling you to do and not do. As we continue with these verses 6, 7, and 8, we need to understand what Jesus is talking about. Is he talking about the second coming in these verses or 
What question of the disciples is he answering? Is he is is I've seen these used and the, talking about the second coming of Christ. Uh, it, it all kind of ties in with one another, and it's called uh, it's all kind of a, a interwoven with one another. But we need to understand what Jesus is talking about here, and what question is is he answering here? Jesus is continuing with his thoughts about the fall of Jerusalem. Remember, the disciples asked him about the turning over of the stones, the fall of the temple, the destruction of the temple, the destruction of those buildings. And Jesus is responding to that question. And the other questions will soon be answered here. Now, the continuation of that answer comes with the thought of war. As long as I've been alive, as long as I've, I've known or comprehended things, there have always been some sort of war, some sort of disagreement with among nations, some nation not going, uh, agreeing with another nation and going against it. And, and then war soon began. The United States, uh, has, you know, been in many wars as recently as, you know, this, these past couple years, there's been the Gulf War and then there's the war on terror, which led to the war on ISIS, which led then to a war in Afghanistan. And, and it seems to one continue on the other. And so war seems to be con uh, a continuous thought here throughout history. War through, is, is seemingly inevitable in history whenever you come up in history, there's always seems to be a battle and that always seems to be there. So what does Jesus mean by war and rumors of war? He is talking about unsettling times. He is talking about the turmoil that will plague the world till Christ returns. The, there's a lack of peace. There's a lack of, of uh, continuity between, between people. There's no coming together. There's always something that's going to separate someone from someone else. War will always be there. So we need not be alarmed, but know that these things must happen. These things must take place. These wars and these rumors of wars are going to happen. War is not the end of times. So it, it, the end of times is still to come. War is only a sign put in place to mark what is to come down the road, just like roads on a sign. This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to take place. It is just there as a sign. And most often, famine is a result of war. When nations oppose nations on the battlefield, it is the citizens of those nations that suffer. Not only will war cause famine, but natural disasters will take place. Earthquakes will take place in multiple places. This too will lead to famine and destruction. Again, these are only signs of what is to come. It is not the end. It is not the final. And so this is what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, these are a sign of the fall. These are the signs that are to come. These are the signs that you know that, you know, down the road, Jerusalem will topple over. These buildings will topple over. And do we, does that happen? Yes, it does. And we'll learn about that later on. All this is as horrible as, as they are, are not the end. All these things, war, famine, earthquake, uh, deception, as terrible and as horrible as they are, they're not the end. It's only the beginning. 
It's only the beginning of what is to take place. The worst is yet to come and things uh, will begin to happen in the fall of Jerusalem. Jesus said this only, this is only the birth pains, the beginning. The start of birth pains is an in indication that a child is going to be born. And so the birth pains of the fall of Jerusalem are these things. They're the beginning of it. They're the signs of it. In this instance, it will be the beginning of the fall of Jerusalem. Rumors of wars, famine, earthquakes, the deception of others. All these things are going to take place at the beginning of the fall of Jerusalem. So what does this mean for us today? For us today, uh, we need not be alarmed. We don't need to be alarmed because of what is going on around us. We know what is to take place, meaning there should be no panic or overwhelming alarm of terror. Oh my gosh, this is, oh my gosh, this, oh, I would oh, you know, there should be no panic. Just like in the Old Testament, when the prophets told of the coming destruction, they knew it was going to take place. They knew that God meant every word that he sent them to, to, to prophesy. You need to change your wicked ways. You need to change what you're doing because there is a judgment coming upon you. God is going to judge you for what you are doing. God is going to judge you for the idol worship you have. God is going to judge you for the sins that the, the nation has committed against him. And so these prophets knew God meant business. These prophets knew that God was serious about what he was saying, and he they were prophesying to the people. But the people were not one with God. The people were not in a relationship with, with, with God. They, they didn't know God's voice, and they were led astray. They weren't in a relationship with God, and they it was a relationship with God, and they were led astray. They were led in, in by deceivers who, who told them that this is just the same thing as serving God, which it wasn't. And so this destruction is coming upon them. And Jesus, in the same manner, is telling his disciples what is going to take place. This is for certain what's going to happen in the future with Jerusalem. This building, these places are going to fall. It's going to topple over. I'm letting you know right now of the destruction that is coming. So don't be alarmed. Don't panic. Don't fear anything because you know what's going to happen. And Jesus is telling his disciples of this. Jesus knows it's going to happen. Jesus is letting his disciples know that for sure this is going to take place. And he's letting them know so they will be prepared. For you and I today, for us today, in this, in this time, we see a lot of things taking place, a lot of things happening. Are we ready? Are we ready for, uh, for, for what's coming up? Are we panicking at any time? Is there uncertainty about us at any, uncertainty about the future at any time? We need not panic. We need to know and trust in Jesus Christ and to understand what he is saying through, to us through his word because we cannot understand anything about Jesus' calling or anything like that unless we are in his word. If we are praying, if we are having a, a, building our relationship up with him, 
because we can do a lot of things and say it's of God when it really isn't. So we need to make sure that we are one with God. We need to be ready at all times. We need to be ready that, that what Jesus said is going to come to fruition. That there's a time coming where God is going to pass judgment on sin. Are we ready? We need to establish our relationship with Christ and know that what he says, that he will return one day, that we are prepared and ready. That for us today, that as we hear this word, as we hear his word, that we know we are ready. We are ready to meet our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because we don't have a date, we don't have a time, we are just to be ready. Our bags should be packed at all times. Well, we're not going to take anything with us, but just the phrase, we got to be ready. We got to be ready for the things that are to come. So for you, my brothers and sisters, I encourage you to establish your relationship in Jesus Christ. I encourage you to build that uh, relationship out of love so that you know God's voice. That when you hear him, you fully understand that it is him that is calling you into his work. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you once again for this day that you have given us, Father. I pray you continue to guide and lead each and every one of us, Lord. I pray that you be with the listener, Father, as they hear your word, Lord, that they would establish their relationship with you, Lord, that they would put all things aside, all things away, Father, and know and trust in you, Father, that you watch over and guide and lead them, Father, that that all the things should be of you, Father, from uh, understanding your word, uh, listening to you in our prayers, having that time of prayer, Father, guide and be with each and every one of us, Father, this week, guide and lead us, Lord, guide and be with us as we go our separate ways, Father, I pray your hand be upon each and every one of us, Father, I ask all these things in your Son, Jesus Christ's name I pray, Lord, let it be, Amen. May the Lord bless you this day, go in peace, you are dismissed, Amen.